probably never has happened to you. Has anyone ever said something bad about you? Have they ever said something mean-spirited? Have they ever done something? Have you ever been wounded? Maybe not physically, maybe. But emotionally? Spiritually? Maybe the hurt that you feel and letting go is just hard to do. Maybe it's a difficult process for you, maybe because of a bad relationship or a bad decision, or maybe there was a time when you weren't too smart, or maybe there were other people who weren't too smart towards you. We have a tendency to beat ourselves up. We have a tendency to blame others. We have a tendency to really feel the pain. Jeff Goldblatt, I think he's on to something. March the 9th is National Get Over It Day. So, you know, if you're going through something or if someone is, that you know is going through something, you can say, okay, March the 9th. Got to get over it, move on. I wish it were that easy, don't you? To just be able to say, okay, 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 okay. I'm done feeling this bad. I'm not going to let this person rob the joy from my life or this situation or this circumstance. We've been talking about this thing we call grace. This is the fourth week now. This is the last Sunday that you will see this shirt Grace is greater than, we learned that it was greater than our guilt, our shame, our sin, our weakness, our brokenness, and today grace is greater than our wounds, our hurts, our difficulties. And if you have learned nothing else these past few weeks, hopefully you will understand that grace is at the core of who we are. A church without grace, a church that doesn't understand grace, a church that doesn't practice grace, the Bible says is poisonous. It's ugly. We are the church, are we not? So people, Christ followers, those who claim the name of Christ, if they don't practice grace and forgiveness and love and mercy, they are they are poisonous. They are ugly. So today we flip the grace coin. Up to this point, we learned that grace was greater than this, this, and this. We learned that this is how we receive love and mercy from God. And we all want to receive grace, don't we? Do this, uh uh-huh. Grace and forgiveness, that's what we're after. However, when we start to, to give grace and forgiveness to someone, it can be ugly and messy. And giving grace, forgiveness is something that God expects us to understand and do, and we'll talk about that today. And yeah, I expect a little pushback. I know what some of you are already thinking. I can talk about grace until I have to talk about my dad who who berated me all of my growing up years. Okay, 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 okay. I'm okay to talk about grace unless I have to talk about my ex. 
or unless I have to talk about the person who abused me or the boss or the institution that fired me or the co-worker that threw me under the bus or my friend who... And on and on and on the list goes. When it comes to sharing grace and forgiveness and mercy and love, it's a little bit tougher for us to do. In Proverbs 14.10, the Bible says, every heart knows its own bitterness. Every person has been wounded. We all have our scars We've been hurt and we carry these burdens and we have a hard time letting go of them and that's when grace gets messy. If there's one verse that we have repeated for four weeks now, it comes out of the book of Hebrews. See to it that no one misses the grace of God. That is the goal of the church. That is the goal, I hope, of this church that we do our best to see to it that no one misses the grace, the forgiveness, the love of God. If we do that, then we're not living up to the commission, I think, that God has given us. Today, Matthew chapter 18, we're going to take a real good look at this piece of Scripture. It's a story that Jesus uses to describe grace. I said a few weeks ago, whenever you begin to talk grace, it's kind of hard to explain. There's usually a story attached. And today in Matthew 18, we find a story, my Bible calls it the, the unmerciful servant. You see, biblical grace must go both ways. It must come from God and it must come from us if we are truly his people. And probably the litmus test for the reality of the gospel in your life is the extent to which you are willing to give grace and forgiveness to the person or persons who hurt you and to those who deserve it the least. So if you have your Bibles, Matthew chapter 18, I want to start reading in verse 21. Then Peter came to Jesus and he asked, Lord, How many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not even seven, but 77 times. And some of your translations may say seven times 70. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king or a master who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. He began the settlement. A man who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. Those who tabulate these kind of things, they say this figure was an amount too big to repay. In our culture, it would probably be in the millions or billions of dollars. How in the world did one of his servants have that kind of debt? Since he was not able to pay the master... The master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. The servant fell on his knees and before him and be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants, one of his friends who 
owed him a hundred denarii, and they say this would be like pocket change, walk around money. He grabbed him and he began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him to be patient with me and I will pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed and they went and told their master everything that happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said, I canceled all your debt because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master turned him over to the jailers to be tortured until he uh, could pay back the debt that he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat you, each of you, unless you forgive your brothers from your heart. Now, there's a whole lot of stuff going on in this piece of scripture that indicates what type of attitude we need to have towards grace and forgiveness. I want to walk you through it this morning, and here's where it starts. The Jewish rabbis taught, if someone hurts you, if someone wounds you, if someone does you dirty, you can forgive them three times. After that, have nothing to do with them. Wouldn't that be great? Someone messes with you once, twice, three times, see you, bucko. So Peter, usually his questions were loaded anyhow, and I'm not sure if he was thinking about some type of person or some type of situation that had come into their group. Maybe the others knew about it. And he said, hey, 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 Jesus. I can almost see him raising his hand. What, Peter? If someone does us dirty, if someone hurts us, wounds us, should we forgive them up to seven times? And I'm sure he was ready to hear a little compliment from Jesus. You know, that's more than three. That's more than what the others teach. Isn't that the appropriate thing to do? And you know, most of the time when we are hurt by someone, it's usually someone who's close to us, someone who knows us, someone that we have opened up to, and someone who knows where we are vulnerable. These people have a tendency to unload sometimes, and that's why we do our best to guard our our, our hearts. We don't let people in. When we do, we are very, very cautious because when someone hurts your heart, when they betray your trust, it's, it's harder to offer this thing called grace and forgiveness. So I think what Peter was really asking was this, how far is too far? How much is too much? When does this grace thing, when do we run out of grace? When is the wound, the hurt, the scar greater than grace? And verse 22, Jesus answers, I tell you not seven times, but 77 times. Jesus is saying that grace is always greater. You never run out of grace. No matter how hard you've been hurt or how deep the pain goes, we aren't removed from that pain. We just decide to live with it because of the love of God. 
emotionally, it's hard for us to wrap our head around this kind of concept. And I said before, it's hard to explain grace. It's easier to show an example of such a thing. It's easy to talk about grace if you're not the one who's been hurt or if you're not the one who's been left or abused or abandoned. So Jesus gives us a story to help us understand this thing called grace. Verse 24, what if a CEO type or a master or a king, he says, decides to do an accounting of his estate? So he begins to look at the ledgers and he sees he's got a real good servant, one who owes him a great deal of money. Verse 25, it was not unusual if people were in debt back in Bible times, if they did not pay then they could be put into slavery or to jail. Their family could be sold into slavery and they could have all of their belongings sold to help pay the debt. Now the Bible says that this amount that this man owed, it was unpayabackable. I'm not sure that's a word. It's fun to say, unpayabackable. So there was a dilemma here. Now more than likely, this story has more bang to this buck and probably it's a reflection of our relationship, our standing with God. Anybody here feel like they've been blessed by God? Anybody here deserve that? The Bible says that God sent his son, his only son, Jesus, who died on the cross for our sins. The Bible says we have learned that grace is greater than sin, but the Bible says in Romans 3 that we're all sinners. Romans 6 says that the payment for sin is death. And none of us deserve that. We are all guilty. We owe God a huge debt that we can never repay. Would you agree? So I believe that's what the author is getting to in this story. It's not so much about the whole grace issue, but our relationship with God. And we'll talk more about that in just a few Verse 26, the Bible says the servant begs for mercy and he promises to pay back. Verse 27, the Bible says that the master had pity on him, showed him basically grace and forgiveness and forgave the debt. He canceled the debt, the Bible says, and he let him go. There are two verbs used in that verse. One for cancel the debt and one for let him go. Both of those verbs are translated later in the text with this word forgive. So regardless of his guilt, regardless of his debt, the master in this story was able to forgive the man and let him go. Verse 28, the story takes a weird change. As soon as this man hurries out of the house, he finds a friend on the street who owed him a couple bucks. And the Bible says he grabbed him by the throat. He was choking the guy. Where's my money? And his friend, I can't pay. You know, he's like, how do you talk when someone's choking you? So his friend begs for mercy. And this is where it gets weird because this is the Bible. The guy should have let him go, right? I mean, that's what happened to him. And they all lived what? Happily ever after. I mean, that's what we would think. But this guy had his friend thrown into jail until he could pay the debt. Now, that's weird. 
How do you pay a debt when you're in jail? Well, you call family and friends, don't you? Help me, help me, I'm falling. Yeah, that's what we do. There's an organization here in the city that calls me once a year. They have this little makeshift jail, and they want me to come and sit in it and call friends to bail me out. So far, every time they've come or called, I've been busy. I don't have that many friends. They would leave me there. I'm not doing that. So they got this guy in jail now, and he doesn't know exactly what to do. And Verse 31 is often overlooked in this piece of Scripture. Because the Bible says his friends, the other servants, saw what this man did to their friend. And the Bible says when the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and they went and told their master everything that had happened. Jesus said it was the fellow servants that reported him. They saw how much this man had received, how much grace he had received. And they saw also how little he was willing to give to their friend. So it got kind of ugly. And remember, the church or the people who don't understand or practice grace, the Bible says they are poisonous. That kind of church, ugly. We are the church, are we not? We the people. Regardless of how we mess the seats up, we are the church. Whenever God's people fail to understand and practice grace and forgiveness, they are poisonous, ugly. So the Bible says that the people were greatly distressed. They were very sad. And within this parable of grace, there's also, I think, a call for righteous outcry. There are some times when the righteous need to be heard. When the right thing needs to be said. When sin is out of control or when the circumstance does not point to Jesus, the righteous have a voice, do they not? And in this piece of scripture, they were heard. Verse 32, the man comes back in and he's called a wicked servant. He was asked why he did not show his friend the same kind of grace. And then the master, very upset, ordered his servant to jail to be tortured until he could pay. A debt that he could never pay. So this kind of cracks me up here. How long, how many times are you going to have to torture the guy, you know? Let's see, yesterday we uh, beat you pretty good. Today we're going to twist your arm behind the back. Next month, how how do you do that? If he's in jail for the rest of his life, how long is he there? Forever. Being tormented and tortured because he has a debt he cannot pay. What do you think that is a picture of? We are told that someday those who are outside of Christ will spend forever in a place called hell where they will be tormented and persecuted forever. So this is how Jesus ends the story, verse 35. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brothers in your heart. 
Now, I know there's going to be a little pushback here, too, because you're telling me if I don't forgive, if I don't show other people grace, God will not show me forgiveness and grace. If, you make, if it makes you feel any better, I'm not saying that. God is. I'm just reading it. So you don't have to be upset with me, but God's a whole different story. That's what he says. If you don't show people grace, if you don't forgive, then you will not receive grace, nor will you be forgiven. So if you're here today and you're holding a grudge against someone or something, if you're hanging on to bitterness and resentment because of someone or some ones or something, if you have allowed a hurt to become a hate, if there's anything or any person in your life that you can't forgive or offer grace, God cannot and will not forgive or allow grace for you. Colossians 3.13 says, we are to forgive as the Lord forgave us. And we know that he's forgiven us for a lot, hadn't he? So here are the takeaways, Okay. I have three today, and here's the first. Great is greater than repayment. You see, I was always taught when I was growing up, if if I did something wrong or if I said something bad about someone or if I disrespected or was disobedient, then I should go and make that right. Were you taught that way? I mean, you need to say what? Sorry. And don't we force our little ones to do that? Hey, tell your brother you're sorry. And how do they do it? I'm sorry. I remember a time at our house, Matt was the oldest, Andy the youngest. Matt did something to Andy. I don't remember the circumstances, but I said, Matt, you need to tell your brother you're sorry. He said, Andy, I'm sorry. And then he said, I didn't didn't hear you. So we had to talk through that because I think Matt would kill him if I walked out of the room. So we have to forgive them with, with, with all that's in us. You see, it's kind of a twisted thing here because... If that's really the way I feel, then if someone does me dirty, if someone says something bad about me or about my family or or attacks me in some way, then I think if it's going to be right, they have to come and apologize. I mean, they have to make it right. I mean, don't they? Aren't those the rules? Has anyone ever done you wrong and not come to apologize? You need to offer grace. You need to forgive. Even if they don't come, even if they don't acknowledge, even if they don't go down that path. Verse 27, the master canceled the debt. He erased it completely. No strings attached. Grace is dependent on the person who is wounded or hurt to make it right. And that's not the way it works. If that's your idea of grace, you need another word. That's not grace. Repayment is justice. Not grace. The second takeaway, grace is greater than, again, revenge. Revenge says I'm going to hurt that person like, like I've been hurt. And isn't that the way we think in our culture? Someone hits you, you want to hit them back. They kick you, kick them. They call you a buckethead, give it to them, buckethead. You know, that's kind of the way we're taught. Romans 12 says, don't take revenge. Leave room for God's wrath. 
Anybody like that verse? Not so much. This means that you need to release the right to retaliate. Verse 27, the master canceled the debt and let him go. We need to release the person who sinned against us, regardless of whether or not they apologize or not. We need to offer grace anyway. Grace doesn't mean that you're not going to hurt, but it means you're going to be willing to live with the pain, with the hurt. One more thing, grace is greater than our resentment. Resentment says, I'm going to quietly become more angry and angry and angry. Bitter. It's how a lot of us handle hurt from people we are close to. Life goes on, but we turn bitter. We, we have this playback button in our head, and we push that button, and we remember the situation. We remember what we were wearing. We remember what the weather was like, and we remember every word that they said, everything that they did. Don't we do that? Someone defined resentment as drinking a bottle of poison and waiting for the other person to die. It's not very effective. Here's the perspective that Jesus gives us. You are never going to be asked to forgive more than you've been forgiven. Anybody here been forgiven a lot? I have. Grace is greater than our guilt and shame. Grace is greater than our weakness, our sin. Grace is greater than our brokenness, and grace is also greater than our wounds, our hurts, our pain. I don't expect you to recognize this person. I'm just going to call him Stephen because I can't pronounce the last name. Can anybody help me with that? I'm not hooked on phonics. So I'm just going to call him Stephen. Stephen is an army medic. When he was in Afghanistan, he was out on patrol with his his friends and a sniper zeroed in on him, put him in his crosshairs and shot him right in the chest. The force of the bullet knocked him down. The only thing that saved him was his bulletproof vest that he was wearing. He says that his his friends went after the sniper and they found him and by the time that Stephen got there, he said that the guy was already pretty beaten and wounded and he said that loving one's enemies became more than some type of theoretical concept. He met his enemy's bullet before he met his enemy and there were a lot of things going through his mind, he said. But instead of doing to him what he first thought about doing to him, he just automatically began to minister to his wounds. And he medicated him and began to take care of him and he saved his life. That's called grace. I'm not sure I would have done that. My nephew Wilkie was here a few weeks ago. We've talked various times since he came. and Wilkie 
has been wounded in his life. You know, he's been back to that village, to those people, about 20 times to help them, to minister to them. I'm not sure I would, I would find another village, wouldn't you? You know what you call that? Grace. The ability to live with the pain and allow God to use you in spite of it. I want to finish our series the way we started it today. Remember the first Sunday that we gathered together, I passed you all out a note card. If you don't have a note card, raise your hand, and I got some guys back there who will get one to you. You know, back in that time, back in that day, what we did, we wrote down some, some issues, some sins, some weaknesses that we just wanted to leave here in this building. And I encourage you to write them down on the paper and then crumple that paper up and during your time of communion to pray for those issues and then throw them away in the trash cans on your way out. I don't want to see them. No one needs to see them. It's between you and God. You know, today what I would like us to do is to, maybe there has been a person that has popped into your head since we started our service. Maybe there's someone that you just need to forgive. Okay, this is going to get hard. You know, maybe you need to call somebody up this afternoon and just say, hey, you know what? I was the one who said that about you, your family. I was the one who did that, and I am so stinking sorry. Can you forgive me? I don't know what kind of situation that you're still carrying from years ago. But maybe you're still holding on to some hurt, some heartache. Maybe because of your ex or maybe because of your kids or maybe because of your parents. But I'm willing to bet the ranch that all of us have been wounded somehow in our lifetime and I want to give you a chance just to write that thing down on the card or that person and I want you to pray for that person during our time of communion I want you to pray for that situation I want you to pray to God I want you to thank him for grace and mercy and kindness and love and I want you to ask that he help you let go I know it's some tough stuff here today But I think God will honor our request because he tells us he will. Grace is greater than anything you want to put up next to it. So I'm going to pray here in a second and the guys are going to come with communion. You have during this communion time to work on your card. You have during our offering time at the end of our service. I just encourage you, we have more trash cans in the back now than we usually do, but just to let it go here today. Let's pray. Father God, we love you.